This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We hear a lot of pitches on this show. I mean, no surprise there. It's the name of the podcast. But the entrepreneurs who come on this show, they're pitching more than just a business idea. They're pitching their dream. Because when you run a small business, you're putting your whole self into it. State Farm gets that. And they work with small business owners across the country to help create personalized plans that are built for their small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. I'm Josh Muccio, and from Gimlet Media, this is The Pitch, where real entrepreneurs pitch to real investors. Hey, I'm Daniel. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Max? I'm Phil. Phil, nice to meet you. Hey, Max. Hi. Hi. I'm Jillian. In the pitch room today is founder Max Pouvreau. He's here to ask for $2 million for Petit Poe, a gourmet pudding startup. But you're probably thinking, a food startup? Really? If you're a regular listener, you know that food and beverage companies are a tough sell for the investors. But recently, the titans of food, aka Kellogg's and Hershey, have started gobbling up little specialty food brands like RX Bar and Skinny Pop for upwards of $500 million. Investors just might be developing a new appetite for food startups, which could be good news for Max. Here's who he needs to convince. I'm Daniel Galati. Daniel is a serial entrepreneur turned VC with Comcast Ventures. I'm Michael Hyatt. Michael is a Canadian investor who sold two software companies for over $500 million. Hi, I'm Jillian Manis. Jillian is a partner at Structure Capital and an angel investor on the side. Hi, I'm Phil Nadell. Phil is with Forefront Venture Partners, where he has over two decades of investment experience. All right, on with the pitch. Hi, everyone. My name is Max, and I'm the founder of Petit Pot. So as you can hear from my accent, I'm from France. I grew up in the south of France. And when I was 15, I started an apprenticeship to become a pastry chef. Mm. I did this for about three years, and I moved up the ladder and started working in Michelin-star restaurants. This led Max on a culinary journey around the world. And then 10 years ago, he landed in San Francisco. But when he got to the U.S., he felt like something was missing on the shelves of his local grocery store. I realized I could not find those creamy desserts that I grew up eating. I don't know if you've been to a supermarket in France or in England, but the dessert aisle is as big as the yogurt aisle. Always. It's really impressive. And then here, I was shocked that the only options were just jello. So being a pastry chef and working at a fancy restaurant, it was very really easy for me to come up with the recipes. And then fast forward to today, I'm here to raise $2 million to take Petit Pot to the next level and to make sure every American gets to try those delicious desserts that I grew up eating. Would you like to try some? Uh, uh, yes. yes no. The bring it. Is yes. <laughs> yes, but explain <laughs> a little pause, bit. bring the food. So here we have four flavors, uh, three flavors, sorry. We have the rice pudding. Oh, it's all organic. Okay. Um, so we have the organic rice pudding, we have a dark chocolate and a salted caramel. So... Um, Which I'll one's just, your favorite? Uh, dark chocolate. Actually, rice pudding now is becoming rice one of my pudding. favorite. Right, I'll have a rice pudding. All right, so it's Which the one really right here. Which is really interesting. Dark chocolate. rice pudding. So spoon. Max hands the investors little jars of his pudding. They're about the size of a yogurt cup. 
Looks like kind of baby food it, or something. Yeah. yeah. It's actually very cute. It looks like a baby yeah. food jar. It's a natural so jar. It's, what is, it's unique. Yeah. What, if what, you what want to take a look at it. Is this like a, oh, it's a pudding. It's, it's a pudding. pudding. Got it, got it, got it. Got it. Yeah. Tell me again why this is so much better than what we uh, have Full here. fat ingredients, real chocolate. So all the jellos that you like, they put cocoa powder in it. Mm -hmm. We put real chocolate, 72% organic fair trade chocolate. Wow. Yeah. And it's gluten free. And it's gluten free. <laughs> oh my God. Which one are you tasting? It's really chocolate. <laughs> like I don't eat sugar. Um, yeah. I don't make a practice of eating sugar. Mm -hmm. um, but I had to try this. Mm -hmm. um, and the rice pudding is excellent. I like the rice pudding because it's not too sweet. Yeah. But this chocolate pudding, oh my God. I mean, this is dangerous. Right. This is really dangerous. I mean, I could see this in a restaurant. You could actually spoon this out and charge, you know, $20 and put a... You know, a cookie on it and say, the French, voila. The French know their desserts. <laughs> this is yeah. insane. Wow. Thank you very much. So one could say that the investors like Petit Poe. And with their bellies full, they're ready to get down to business. Can you tell me, in the U.S., at least now, what is the current size of, let's say, the pudding market at retail? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a good question. I've tried to find that number. I don't have a clear sense of it. How about the ice cream? Well... Market. That's multi-billion. Yeah, right. that's not really. Yeah. But that's where we, we can take some of that money. Yeah, Correct. Yeah, yeah. Is it see, growing? And, and before you jump to saying, oh, yes, of course it's growing. No, I mean, I, I, I mean no. a lot of people are running the other way to health. So, yes, yeah, so is, it, is it a declining CAGR or is it? So the, within the pudding category, it's, I think it's pretty steady. Mm -hmm. But then within the pudding category, you have the premium that's growing, obviously, mm -hmm. the smaller brands and the, uh, the plant-based product. I think it's less about kind of category growth it's more about you know inventing a category and i think what what we often see is in beverages and food you get kind of these halo you know hero stories that kind mm -hmm. of bring up an entire category right so like i think the coconut water category is a really interesting yeah. one where yeah, like absolutely. you know sure. you couldn't you couldn't study the category and right. say oh this category is increasing or decreasing mm -hmm. you, you kind of studied one breakout company and so I think that like the the play here, presumably, at least as I see it, is you know you guys are that breakout category and you and, and company, and you kind of almost create the category yourself. Uh, you, I agree. I I guess I agree with you in part. It, although in this case, you know, the category exists. Like there is pudding, it's just not as good. Depends on how you define. Good. But if so, they're they're a premium pudding, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's not you know coconut water didn't exist before the first. It's a flavored water. Well, no, I mean. It's from a coconut. It's not, you know, but I get what you're depends saying. Depends on how, you, I, I guess yeah. I'm saying, it depends on how we define the bounds of a category. Sure. Are there I other think, premium puddings, though, that are sold at grocery stores? Or it's very, really just. There's some small brands out there, but we're the major yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. What is the. Um, try, do you try? It, I, I never wake up, I don't know, maybe my palate isn't as sophisticated, but I, I never oh, wake boy. up thinking, oh, today's the day I'm going to get into a bunch of rice pudding. Do you, do you feel like this is a category kind of creation play or do you feel like you're stealing share from whoever the other yeah, organic rice pudding? Who are you competing with? Yeah, so we're competing with like the big guys like Jello, yeah. Kraft, really. Yeah. Uh, and there's another brand called Cozy Shack. Yeah. I uh, love Cozy Shack. Yeah, so actually. this is kind of who we're going against. Right. In in right. terms of premium pudding, right. we're the only one. All of Jello's and Cozy Shack is yeah. a little bit lower end. Sure. And we're the only premium. And brand. so, what what happens when um, Kraft launches, um, you An know, their own organic rice pudding? Right. They've got distribution right. advantage, right? Or crazy. That is true. They just don't have the branding that we have. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's a marketing, it's essentially a marketing brand. Absolutely. Right? So as you you saw when you looked at it, you're like, oh my god, this is so cute. And yeah. so we have a playful and fun brand. Yeah. And also where we differentiate ourselves is just organic, premium, much better tastings than anything else that's on the shelf. Great tasting pudding and adorable jars is all great. But is that enough to play with the big boys? You were worried about craft and general meals coming up with a knockoff. Yeah. Well, if we go faster, they, they don't have any interest in coming up with a knockoff. It would, you know, it's just kind of take Why the market share. Why do you say share. that? That's interesting. I mean, that that's a big statement. I mean, I thought it'd be I mean, the I, opposite. I, I think that you're doing a great job. And if I was, I'd be going, this is really good. Yeah. I mean, they're going to make something that and use really cool words that it isn't the product inside. But it's going to taste pretty good. Yeah. And it'll be a lot less. I mean, how do you get? So why do you say that? Why do I say? Why you, do you say that? You know, these big companies wouldn't want to kn- knock off this. Pretty fantastic tasting idea that you they have. wouldn't knock it off. They would just want to take us on. They want to buy you. You're correct. Now that is how you whet the appetite of an investor, an acquisition. There are a few ways to inspire a big name like Kraft to buy you. One is to become a legitimate threat. Give give us the basis. What does it cost to to make one of these, and sure. what do you sell it for? It's it cost me a dollar, right? And we sell it for a dollar sixty. And we in you sell it to the distributor for to the distributor, and right. then in retail is two ninety nine. So there, there's a great saying in retail that it's not getting on the shelf that matters; it's getting off the shelf. How are you going to get it off the shelf? Max had to know this question was coming. Food and beverage companies often struggle to get their products into the hands of consumers, and any startup hoping to become a contender needs to prove that they have the right strategy. So it's all about uh, you. You, t- you told me right away when you t- tried it, you were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. So it's all about trying it, and it's all about doing demos and events, and to make sure people can try it. So we go into stores, we have boots on the ground, and people do demos in all the stores and try it, and then that's when they buy it and they come back and return. Demos, the old standby for food and beverage products, and not exactly a groundbreaking distribution strategy. That's pretty expensive, though. Yeah, absolutely. When we start to a new region, for example, we have to invest a lot in demos, but then it sells itself. Like in California, Northern California, we don't do any more uh, demos and it just sells. Just to give you a bit of background, we are fully launched in California. We're in a thousand store now. And Which we stores? have a proven- One chain or We're in multiple? Whole Foods, we're in Safeway. So what's the revenue on a thousand stores to you? We're a million and a half right now. Yeah. A million, so million and a half annualized revenue? Yeah. And so we're, the projection for this year is two and a half. Um, right now, we're actually right about breaking even. That's pretty good. Yeah. And people are ready in America to just take this on. They, I mean, clearly our velocity is showing that yeah. in California. I mean, we're selling out of Whole Foods on average in Northern California, 55 units yeah. per week per store. Yeah. And clearly people are ready to buy this. It's just a question of getting it into enough retails. Max has a delicious product that seems to be selling pretty well, and he's so close to profitability that he can almost taste it. But the investors are looking for something, I don't know, bigger. Talk, talk to us a little bit more about expansion. Get us excited about how big this business can be. Yeah. I, uh, I like you. I, I think we all love the product. I think we're a little bit on a sugar high right now, but, or cream <laughs> okay. high. But like, explain to us, by investing, how this becomes a fantastic product in this category, how it really becomes huge on revenue. Like, where do we get some real leverage here? Yeah. So 
we're in a thousand store and so we're trying to own the natural food channel so there's about three thousand store in america for just natural foods including whole foods and sprout so we have this potential growth right there and then eventually the goal is to once we have certain scale to lower the price point it just sounds like you have a very expensive fantastic tasting petit pot mm -hmm. that 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 we all love but it's a niche product because look, a lot of people aren't going to spend three bucks. I mean, there are people who are spending eight bucks on juice, but that's a very small amount of the population in America. Why are you focus on the natural grocers instead of more mainstream? Right, Is it, well, they're in Whole Foods already. I'm sorry, maybe I misheard you. I thought you said your expansion plan was based on expanding the number of natural food grocers, right? Yes, and then to a maximum the, of once we do that, it's just to, it's a brand builder. The natural yeah. foods is is helping us become someone, and then eventually we move with the conventional channel, such as Walmart and Safeway. And this is just that's where we go, really. Can I throw out a really uh, valley-based idea? Like, it, have you ever thought about a subscription, like sending petit pots to your home? You send me ten a month, and I get on a subscription. Yeah, so we're is actually, there a direct to market? Well, I mean, saying, is that crazy? Or? Sorry, did no, you say ten a day? <laughs> ten, ten a month. I don't know, but these they're great. I mean, no, I've tried I all them all now. No, no, absolutely. Big. I mean, we're actually launching no, an online shop. We are launching an online shop. In I can subscribe to exactly. Like, yeah. So we're working on the website right now. It will be launched in two months. Two months. And does that mean you're making it for a dollar and you're selling it to me at home for how much? Uh, Three dollars. It will be three dollars. So you're making a lot more margin. Yes, and but what then are you there's the shipping me? in there. So okay, so let's say I buy 10, 30 bucks. What's how much my shipping cost? Um, it's gonna be almost thirty dollars. Oh whoa! Yeah. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. So now we're yeah. like six bucks. Exactly. Yeah, in the hole. Yeah. Exactly. So that doesn't work, right? I mean, a lot of people are ready to pay for it because we've done it in the six past. Six bucks a petit pot. It's expensive. Yes. Can you get your raw material cost down? Yes. How? I mean, we've scale. Like, like, what, what does that mean? And, and, so, and, and just when I'm thinking you're doing this in San Francisco, that sounds expensive, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Like so we're, we're talking to manufacturing partners in Wisconsin right now. Right. So moving it to a more central location in the country where yeah, yeah. the cost of freight and cost of ingredients is lower and yeah. cost of labor. This is how this is how we scale. If you move to the manufacturing to Wisconsin, what do you think you can drive the, the price down yeah. to the manufacturing cost? Um, at the beginning, it's going to be the same. Uh, but then once we get enough scale, then that's when we could probably get it to one ninety nine, to one to two dollars. Two dollars for the retail price point. For the retail price point. So what do you think you'll get your cost down to? What do you, what can you? Make? Um, I'm hoping to get it around the eighty cents. It sounds like Max has a plan to make his premium pudding a bit more affordable, which should help him gain market share in the cutthroat world of retail. But is his plan enough of a game changer to reel in the investors? It's a great product. It tastes great. You can you can jazz up the marketing. Actually, I like the petit pot part, and it's fun. It's a cute little French hat on it. Yeah. Um, right. But uh, look, I it's hard to win I get it comes back down to how does this become a big business with big margins? Because in the food industry, you've got to produce margins at some point. I mean, this is a very tough category. It's 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 cutthroat. I mean, I don't know what's harder: starting a restaurant, yeah. an airline. Like yeah. this is hard. And you know what? I yeah, I think the best. So that's like the key question, right? And I think like. The example that always comes into my mind whenever I think of that question in this category is um, five-hour energy, mm, and yeah, I think yeah. and I think the reason that, yeah. yeah I think the reason that five-hour energy got to be like I've studied that business, but you know back to front because I'm so fascinated by it, and I think you know when we talk about margins and distribution, like their distribution innovation was we're going to forget about the shelf space and we're going to go straight to yeah. you know next to the cash register. Yeah. Yeah. And so the 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 innovation there was you know the sales team is not 
you know, going in trying to fight Gatorade and Pepsi. They're going in trying to fight Bic lighters and Wrigley's chewing gum. Right. So that to me, like an answer like that around distribution yeah. kind of is the unlock to me for, for a business like this. I think there needs to be some really smart game changing twist mm-hmm. that you have on distribution because I think that that is this whole game. So we do we do um, we work a lot with the online meal services. Uh, I don't know if you know Munchery here. Sure, sure. So Munchery is our main one of our main um, distributor for oh, that's really online. Important. Yeah, and so we're also about to start with Uber Eats and oh, yeah. DoorDash, and so all of those places. Right. It's decision time. Here's Daniel. My assessment here is I think um, everyone here has kind of resoundingly, um, you know, loved the product. And next time we see it at Whole Foods, we'll probably, you know, buy it for ourselves. Um, You know, I think sort of on the distribution side specifically, I, I don't actually think it is clear that you can go direct to consumer. Like I think... That happens in some cases when brands have leverage. I think when brands don't have leverage or when they're just starting out, it's kind of the the, the retailers, I think, dictate a little bit more. Yeah. At least that's what I've seen. Um, so, so I guess I'm a little bit in the minority around like just going subscription or just going direct consumer or even opening up any other channels. Um, so I think for those reasons, I'm, I'm going to step back. I'm a pass. Daniel is out. Phil's up next. So my big hang up with with food companies typically is that I don't really like third-party retail distribution. Um, like Daniel said, I don't know ultimately if, if direct-to-consumer will make sense. It could. Shipping cost is just so expensive that it might be it might be too high. It might not make sense. Um, and I think there is potential um, ultimately to be in, in more mainstream grocery stores. And, and you're trying to build this as a brand, which, which I respect. Um, but I, uh, I still come back to my, my concern, which is scalability and, and how big can, can this get and how fast? And I just think it's, um, it's, it's relatively limited in, in my view, um, which I, I, I mean, I'm really, I have to say, I'm really impressed that you're about break even so far. Very impressive at this early stage. This is actually one of the tougher decisions for me for a food company because normally I'm a, I'm a much quicker pass, but I am going to pass uh, in this case. But um, I, I really think uh, you, you're being very thoughtful and smart about the way you're, you're growing the company. And I commend you. Thank Good you. job. By the way, you might remember that Phil's a raw vegan, so he didn't actually get to taste the product, but Michael did. He's up next. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I love the the branding, I love, uh, I, I love the taste. In fact, I'm sitting here with a crazy sugar high, uh, you know, because I don't eat much sugar. So I've tried everything. I've been totally piggy today, uh, and I think I will be a, a definite buyer of this product. I think the food category is an incredibly hard one. Um, it's very competitive. It's ruthless. And if you do get good, you know, the other compliment you're going to get is Kraft's going to get cheap. Um, so I'll be passing, but uh, I'd love to revisit this sometime. Michael is out. Now it's Jillian's turn. I do think you have an incredible product. I think you're um, a savvy founder. You're clearly looking at all the different areas of distribution. Literally, this is going to happen. I see this happening to you with or without our money, to tell you the truth. But right now, you need smart money. You need strategic money. 
I'm going to pass, but as I said, this is the real deal. And not to mention that I, I would like to serve this at dinner party and just pretend that I made it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The truth is at the right at the end. We love you. We love your product. We want you to succeed. Thank you. I'm positive you are going to succeed. Um, this is a quote-unquote sweet deal for uh, us, for the right partner. Okay. Thanks for coming. Thank, Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Congrats Thank on you. building great business. Max leaves the room without investment, but the investors aren't yet finished digesting the pitch. This was excellent. I have to admit, mm. it was excellent. I I really watch what it was I great quality eat. product, huge quality. Guy Such a tough category. Such a tough yeah, category, yeah, but he does the need the partnership. You he, know what? That's the thing about this category. It seems like when you taste it and you see it, you're like, this has got to be a billion dollar business yeah. just by the look and the taste and the right, French thing. And right. you're just like, but really reality sets in. It's kind of like the medical device industry. Every time I see a device, I'm like, that's going to cure cancer. Yeah. And then you realize there's all these problems. Right. You know, you had a great statement at the very beginning. It's not how getting it gets on onto the shelf. The shelf it's getting how it off. gets off the shelf. Right. I thought that but was he, just. It's actually, I mean, he sounds like he's got pretty good sell through like with the Whole Foods. The numbers yeah. sound pretty good. Yeah. yeah. He's getting but, there. But you know, it's. How to accelerate. How big, how big does this thing yeah. get? You know. And how I long think, does it take I, to get there? Yes. And that's right. And if he. If Kraft, you know, doesn't buy it, where do you go with it? You know, what happens? Right. So I, I remember somebody telling me the rule, first rule of investing, it's not the return on your money you should worry about first. It's the money. return of yeah, your money totally. first. Yes. So the question is, is, is my money ever going to come back to me? And it all sounds like it is because everything tastes so good, but it's a it's incredibly well, if hard. Not, you have a lot of petite pot to eat. <laughs> You'll be very lot. happy. You'll be in a stupor, a sugar stupor. <laughs> I already you did. won't care. Okay. Right. That's a wrap. So what happened after the pitch? Coming up, we talk with Max to find out. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. As rewarding as it may be, small business owners have a lot riding on their shoulders. It's a lot of stress to own, run, and grow your small business, not to mention finding someone who can give you the answers and support you need. But State Farm agents aren't just there to understand your small business needs, they're there to prioritize them and help create personalized plans with your needs in mind. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. Max left the pitch room without any investment. So when I talked to him a few months later, I wondered, is it especially hard for food startups to raise money from VCs? It's interesting. I've been thinking about food startups on our show and just food startups in general and how hard I think it is for traditional VCs who are used to investing in like 
tech companies where the only thing that has to scale is the web server that runs the website in the background. But yet they see opportunities in food with like some of the bigger exits that have happened happened lately, like RX Bar, for example. But like they aren't yet ready for some reason to invest. What have you found in your investor meetings? I think you're right that it's uh, the food is just much more risky in general. And also the return are often not as great as like a 100x return from a tech company. And so it's, it's, that's just the nature of the beast. But now with players like RX Bar and um, Crave Jerky, it's just like it's starting to show that the those big giant food companies are acquiring all those small guys. And so the investors are ready to, they're seeing that and they're like, oh, well, maybe we should be part of this. How have things been going for you since the pitch? It's been fantastic. Our sales have been better than we expected. And so our revenue has been growing quite rapidly. And we recently launched a vegan rice pudding and we launched that about four weeks ago and it's quickly become our number two uh top setting top setting item which is very exciting that's awesome um you said things are like growing quickly how quickly um so we grow about 20 percent almost every month holy shit <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> on a food product that's like dependent on distribution in these stores. Right. Um, is that like 20% in in your existing stores or are you kind of rolling out to like 20% more stores each month? It's more like 20% more stores, but adding that okay. new flavor is also increasing the per store sales. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. So like in February, when we last recorded, like you were really close to break even. Have yes. you made it to profitability yet? Yes, we have. The past uh, the past few months, we've we've been profitable. How does that feel? Um, it's very unexpected and very feels very nice. That's for sure. Do you need to be raising money anymore? Are you still trying to raise funds? Yes, we we do think that we should still be raising money, um, just because we know that competition is coming, and we want to grow as fast as possible to make sure we have the market share. And that when people think pudding, they think petite pot. So I'm, I'm kind of curious what it's like to be in your shoes, building something where you feel like you're at the front edge of a trend and like you've got momentum, this thing is working, but you're like, <laughs> you've got this feeling, looming feeling of like somebody is going to see what I'm doing, see the growth. And like so one of these big players is going to come in and try to you know, like take me out. What what does that feel like to be in that position? It's it's exciting. It's actually really fun. I just wake up every day very happy to to be doing this. And um a little bit scary of course. I, I can't lie. Yeah. But I think that's kind of the adrenaline and I'm kind of a, a bit of an adrenaline junkie, so it's part of my lifestyle. Um uh, but yeah, I'm I love it and I just wanna put my head down and just keep working hard and just keep pushing because I feel like that if we stay true to ourselves and our culture and the branding and make delicious product, um, it's going to be hard for anyone to kind of take us down at this point. So what's the plan? Like if someone came in tomorrow and offered to buy Petipo for like the outcome you were looking for, 
Like, would you take it? That's that's a great question because I was thinking about this this weekend, and I was, <laughs> I was, really? I was telling my girlfriend like I'm actually really enjoying what I'm doing, and like it. If someone came tomorrow, I don't think I would take it just because I'm really having fun, and yeah, and I I just need a little bit more time to enjoy that, and I I'm not willing to just give up all of the fun and just developing and building a team and working with my team to just come up with new ideas and the whole leadership that's coming with it as well that I'm learning it's personal growth for myself and it's it's been really rewarding and I don't think I'm ready to give that up right now you're still on the adrenaline high yeah exactly <laughs> At the beginning of this pitch, I mentioned that investors are starting to get more interested in food startups now that brands like RX Bar and Skinny Pop have sold for hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, I've been racking my brain for this entire pitch, trying to figure out why our investors, while hyped up on sugar, couldn't get hyped up about Petit po as an investment. And here's what I think happened. Remember, investors aren't just looking for good companies that make good things. They're looking for the next massive hit. And while Petit Po is a perfectly good business, a really good business that's already profitable and could be in Walmart stores everywhere before you know it, these investors aren't as interested in a product that's going to land on Walmart shelves. They want to invest in something that could be the next Walmart. And with Petit Po, besides the taste of the pudding, nothing about the business struck them as truly spectacular. As for Max, he thinks he's got a sure thing on his hands. And while he wants investors to fight by his side, he doesn't need them. After all, he's already profitable. The proof, as they say, is in the pudding. Our show is produced by me, Josh Muccio, Kareem Maddox, and Molly Donahue. We are edited by Devin Taylor and Blythe Terrell. We're mixed by Enoch Kim, original music composed by The Musemaker. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Thanks to Lisa Muccio for planning the recording of this pitch. We discovered Petipo because Max applied to be on the show. Startup founders who are raising money can apply to pitch by going to thepitch.show slash apply. And as a reminder, no offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. All right, you've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet Media. We'll be back with a brand new episode next Wednesday. This episode of The Pitch was brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you've been listening to our show for a while, you can tell every business owner has a unique set of problems to solve. That's why small business owners want someone to not only understand, but prioritize their needs. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know how to help you choose personalized plans to fit your needs and budget. They get it, plain and simple. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.